Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. He wants to talk about Jesus being God, and yet he uses his personal name more than anybody else does. And here's what I think, okay? You may, we all have our ideas, okay? But I think what John, the writer of the Gospel of John, John wants us to continually look into the face of Jesus. And if we do, maybe we'll begin to see God. I think that's what he, we'll, we'll work uh, hard on that, okay? Okay, now, tonight we are in uh, the last part of chapter four. Oh, let's do our review questions. This is... I told you there'd be some of these on the test, okay? Don't blurt them out. Uh, you, you know, let people... Th- a good test is to help you to think, okay? And so let's, let's give time. Well, I tell you what, we'll go through. I got four of them. We got four chapters. I got four of them. We'll go over them, okay? And then we'll come back and then... But I really do want you to answer them, okay? But don't just blurt it out. Let people think about it. Uh, John the Baptist gave Jesus a name. In the first chapter, John the Baptist gave Jesus a name. What is that name? Chapter 2. How many jars of wine did Jesus create? Chapter 3. Nicodemus came to Jesus. What was his greatest need? What was his greatest need? It's a judgment call on your part, okay? I know that. I'll probably accept several different answers for that, as well as I will this next one for sure, okay? Chapter 4, the woman at the well. What did the woman leave when she left the well? Okay? All right. Chapter number 1, what was the name that John the Baptist gave Jesus? Well, go ahead, Nancy. Ooh, she's getting an A. I don't know how the rest of you are doing, but she's getting an A. How many jars of wine did Jesus create? Chapter 2, first miracle. How many? Excellent. Excellent. Nicodemus came to Jesus. What was his greatest need? I know it's a judgment call. Come on, have a little courage. Blurt that out. Yes, Heidi. Yes, no. I can do that. You'll see. I'm sorry? Be born again. Which it's salvation. Okay. Yeah. That's what, and the and reason we know that, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. What did the woman leave at the well when she left the well? Her bucket. Oh, that was good. You, but you guys got that one. All right. Now. All right, let's get started now tonight. We, oh, we got a few uh, verses to catch up on that we let go last week. Uh, so after the two days he left for Galilee, now Jesus himself had point, pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Okay, now this, that statement you'll see in the other gospels as well, all right? It's a little bit, uh, to me, the writing, it's a little bit disjointed here, but that John gives it to us as he wants us to have it, okay? And uh, so th- there we are. Uh, when he arrived in Galilee, the Galatians welcomed him. Uh, they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there, okay? I mean, they were, they were kind of familiar with Jesus, and so uh, they, they, they would, would talk to him during the festival when they were in Jerusalem together, and now, now they're back, uh, back together, okay? Mm, that takes us up now to the nobleman's son, and I think, I think this is the second uh, sign, is it not? I think it's, it says later in the text that it's the second sign, okay? But this is the second sign. So we, we want to pay special attention as to the working of this, okay? 
Once, okay, let's go to, yeah, that's it. Uh, once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal officer whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Now it was a little bit uh, toward the uh, north end. Capernaum was toward the north end of the Sea of Galilee there. Uh, and so evidently he's away from home and he's got a sick son, all right? Uh, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And the, to me, I, the real importance of this, at least to this point, is you have a court official who is going to talk to an itinerant carpenter preacher about his greatest need at that moment, and that is for his son. And so this uh, is, is almost a, like a turning of the, of the tables here. He's not like going to the temple to get the high priest to pray. He's uh, not doing any of that stuff. He has heard enough about Jesus that Jesus is the go-to guy when you have a deep and pressing need. Uh, by the way, Joan and I talked to Jacob, if you know who Jacob is, uh, works at Salty Church, his uh, pastor uh, son is going in for three valves, I think. Or it's, yeah, it's a really difficult operation for the heart of his son. And we just happened, Joan and I just happened to bump into him at breakfast today, and he shared that with us. So if we think about him, we'll pray about him and his son. But he's like, he's like this nobleman here. He, 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 he needs help for his son. And so the nobleman uh, comes to Jesus, which is a, a remarkable. The nobleman comes to the carpenter. And uh, that's a remarkable thing here. And, he, and, and how, does, how does he come? I call this, you come with your hat in your hand is the way I call this. He's what? Begging Jesus. He's throwing himself on the mercy of Jesus. Uh, he's, he's begging. He's not demanding. He's not giving orders. He is begging uh, Jesus to help. So it's important uh, to, to see that. Uh, he was close to death, so there's an immediacy about this as well. Uh, and, and, and then Jesus comes out with almost trying to turn it. Do you ever notice a couple of places Jesus almost like tries to turn the other person off or to say just the worst thing, like, let's get this out of the way, <laughs> yeah, especially in the sixth chapter, okay? And we'll, obviously we'll be getting there uh, fairly soon too. Um, and he says, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. He saying, you know, you're a bunch of knotheads and you're not quite catching on and uh, that kind of thing. Okay, so it's almost like he tries to turn him off, but he won't be dissuaded. He, that, that's the beauty of him here. He, he, he won't be, uh, he refuses to be discouraged is how I got it in the outline. Okay, even though he's chided by the carpenter, he is not turned off. Why isn't he turned off? Go ahead, Linda. Yes. His need supersedes any pride that he has. Were you going to go ahead? Excellent. Excellent. I just left that out for a moment there. Good job. Yeah. If you didn't catch what he said, he had been around Jesus enough to hear uh, about the great signs that he has done. And so he that give his, his faith uh, a little more confidence to hang in there now, hang in there. Um, I actually love it. Well, go ahead, Heidi. Like that. Yeah, I, I love that story. I was thinking about that too. It's almost like he pushes her to bring out the really best of her. Uh, go ahead, Roberto. Good point. 
Good point. It's not under the tradition, the Orthodox Judaic belief. So he had no reason to go to waste his time in the one. And this is uh, in the parallel in other Gospels. There's a, there is another three circumstances which rather the Jews get offended when the non-Judaic race has more faith, right? Yes. I, I think they want to certainly bring that out when, he, uh, when they usher in a Samaritan, you know, uh, especially Luke does that so well with the good, what we call the Good Samaritan. Uh, Luke does that so well uh, there uh, to have that. Okay, uh, so he he chides, but 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 he's he is not discouraged. Uh, he hangs he he hangs uh, right in there. Uh, he had faith that went beyond uh, the any pretense, and uh, he has faith that Jesus will do it. Is that to the end of that? 46. Let's see. Is, is that the end of our text there? Okay. Good. I read all that, though, didn't I? Okay, let's go to our next slide. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Now, that is important there because there are people who, if you, at, toward the, at the end of the book, he said, there are people who believe because they saw, but there are people who heard about it and believed, and they are blessed uh, because that, and that's one, of, that's one of them right here. They want to get, get in there that, that he responded at the word of Jesus, uh, uh, the man took Jesus at his word. That's all Jesus has to do is say the word. He doesn't have to go to the home. He doesn't have to touch. Uh, no, he doesn't have to do hocus pocus. Uh, he'll heal. And when he in inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. And go ahead, uh, Daryl. Boom, good. That's excellent. So he wasn't really limited by his physical body being there. Yeah, yeah. Um, time and space does not seem to affect God's, especially his word. Okay? Uh, and that's, uh, we can't think in those areas, okay? Uh, we can't think that way, okay? We, we think in terms of time and space. And uh, he, he can't do that. Uh, okay, let's go to the next slide. Is that? When the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live, so he and his whole household believed. Now, this, this is a, yeah, it's a strange statement for us to hear, okay, but this is a common Bible language and common practice, okay? If the the head uh, uh, male, the head of the household, if he believes something, guess what? Everybody else does too. Yeah. And uh, especially the, the one that just jumps off the page at me is the one in Acts where the Philippian jailkeeper, uh, where Paul tells him uh, what, when he asks, what must I do to be saved? Uh, the Paul uh, tells him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy household. And it's the same statement as you, you, you have here. So if the head of the house believes that, guess what? Everybody else does too. That's just, uh, that's just the way it is. Um, this was, oh yeah, there it is. The second sign that Jesus performed after coming from Judah uh, to Galilee. So uh, that is... The second sign, and is that, our, yeah, that is our reading for that chapter. Now we go to chapter 5. Um, it's not part of our, our study here, okay? But I just want, to, there's several things that I want you to know about the book, just in case you bump into it in one of your readings or, okay? is a lot of people want to uh, rearrange these chapters here. Um, 
They say they're really clumsy the way they're arranged and that kind of thing. And I did not go into it. It's beyond my expertise. I'm going to do enough of that tonight. Um, but uh, just, just so you know that once in a while you'll run into somebody who thinks that one chapter should be before the other here. Uh, this was done in panels. Uh, the, the, the book was probably written in panels, and what they're saying is the panels got shifted somewhere along the line. I don't know. I don't know enough to get into that, uh, to say that. They just say it reads so much smoother if you rearrange the, a couple of the chapters here. Okay. I think it's smooth enough for me the way it is, and so I'm going to stick with it. Okay. But I just wanted you to know that that is there. All right. Um, we start a, uh, another miracle of Jesus here, healing at the pool. Um, well, well, let's work on it, okay? And then I, I'm going to make another confessional here, I think. Okay? I like this guy better reading it this time, okay? Before, I didn't like him. And I, 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 maybe I've grown in my compassion, uh, We'll work on that, okay? We will, we will work on that, okay? If, if, if you come out disliking this guy, well, maybe you'll have to work on your compassion like I had to work on mine, okay? Um, Jesus is in Jerusalem, and this is the temple area, and uh, let's read on. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, or one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. And then there's another name that is given in other manuscripts that is given. This one here means Beth is always house. Like Elizabeth, Beth is always house. So we know that it's the house of something. Here it is the house of mercy. And I like that reading, okay? Because uh, that makes sense, because Jesus is going to give mercy here. And so I like that. And some other spellings, and there's a Z in there, and all oh, it gets really wild and beyond my pronunciation, okay? Um, but there is, is uh, olives, uh, house of olives, all right? I'm going to stick with the house of mercy, okay? Uh, it's surrounded by five covered colonnades. How many is that? Five. Remember that. Five. Okay, we're good with that now. Here's a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. So here's, here's where they group together, and they're grouping together around this pool. Okay. Now, here where it gets a little sticky. I don't know what translation, <laughs> translation you're looking at, but we got a verse in mine, in, in my new international version here, the verse is completely gone. It just, I mean, you've got a note, and that may be where you're at in your reading too. There's a note as to why it's not in there, okay? And we'll, we'll discuss this just a little bit, okay? Not much. Uh, but, but the verse is gone in, in, my, in my Bible reading, okay? It's, it's down in the footnotes. In other words, it doesn't measure up to Scripture, okay? Uh, so it's down in, uh, in the footnotes. It's an explanation. Who has it? Who has uh, verse 4? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, huh? Go ahead. He has it written in the text that we yeah, mm -hmm. that you can read it to us. Yeah. Go, go. The angel of the Lord went down a certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever went first after the stirring up of the water stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Now, what they think is some scribe thought we needed an explanation as to why the people were there at the pool. That's the explanation. And it's fine. You know, it's fine. But it, but it just smacks of being superstitious. Do you get that? Okay. I just want to put that out there, okay? It smacks of being uh, 
All right, let's uh, go to the next one. Oh, we are there, aren't we? <laughs> From time to time, oh, an angel would, would come down. And this was the first one. Okay, it, oh, there it is, and right there. I could have read it myself. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 38. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for playing along with me. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's helpful. And when Jesus saw him lying there, and Jesus what? Learned. Learned. This is important. It's important. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus learned. He learned. So he didn't like burst on the scene knowing everything, okay? He is what? He's learning. He's learning, okay? He learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. And he asked him, do you want to get well? Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting question to a guy who's been sick for a long time. Well, let's go. Let's see what he does with that. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water stirred. Simple question. Answered yes or no. And what does he do? He gives an explanation. And what does he talk about? Now, I'm, I'm, I know I'm being sassy here. I understand that, okay? I understand that. And we will, we'll talk, I'm, more, I'm more compassionate than I used to be, okay? I think age is making me, sanding off some of my rougher edges, all right? And, uh, but instead of answering the question, what is he doing? He's making excuses, and the main excuse is, who said that? Oh, that was good. Man, Mike, that was good. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Simple yes or no would suffice. But instead, he wants to blame others. Go ahead, Daryl. I think, I think we're going to get a medical doctor who's going to help us out here because I'm going over there. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think that uh, that's what we, it was given to us, the former sentence that says he learned. It is really another meaning. It is a, a spiritual perception because the questioning of Jesus is searching to the deeper negative action of the person. It's obvious that he knows what he needs. If he's paralyzed there, if, you, if we are believing that Jesus in the former chapter was able to just to speak the word and heal, he is actually doing the Zacchaeus principle. He's going to the deeper need of a person. That he's completely in self-destruction, trying to blame anybody else, right, for whatever is wrong with me. Uh, yeah. That is the message. And we're, go we're going to follow that up, too. I mean, the, the text really does an excellent job of following all that up, too, and we'll work on that. Mike. And you know that once you get caught up into a negative form of life, it's hard for you to realize that there's anything else going on. And he does the exact same thing that we all do when we come to write down our goals. The first thing, instead of telling the, the, the Lord or the paper or the whiteboard what we want, we start concerning ourselves with the how. And once you do that, you are doomed. He wasn't asked, how are you going to get well? He was only asked, do you want to be well? And those are two different things. Yes, Tim. Tim, 
Yes, yes. You, you, you can't get, you, to learn, start work, if you're not working on yourself now, start working on yourself to stop asking the question how, but what you want, and then go from there and just go step by step, okay? Um, that's why uh, when I talk to people about setting goals, the first, I, I know this down deep in my, the first thing you need to do is to be inspired. The first thing. Because you're like that servant of Elijah who gets up in the morning, looks out, and all he can see is this army about going to kill him. That's all he can see. He looks out there, and you can count the number of how many people's in the army. You can do all that. And he's, that's what he sees. And he goes to his man and says, oh, what shall we do? And you know what that prophet said? Lord, open the eyes of the young man. And he looked again, and he saw that the, all the mountain was filled full of the angels of the army of God. He just didn't see enough. And I'll tell you right now, if I was going to preach a sermon tonight, this would be it. I'm going to do it. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Go, yeah. You know, you know what attracts me here? You see that Nicodemus was just coming to the end of his spare, not able to quantify it in his knowledge. Can get more knowledge to understand Jesus. And this guy is in such despair, he has no hope. Yes. And he's expressing that of his dependency on others and, uh, and on down the line. Yeah. And, and I'm saying you can get into that and you could be living into that in that so long that you can't see anything else. That's why we need to be inspired. We need to be lifted above these things so that we can see what God would have for us. That's what we need, okay? It, well, you could, oh, go, go ahead, Mike. You know, the other thing I see is that he said he's been at it in that position for 38 years. Now, the lifespan of that thing was not very long, so he must have been there like he was a child. Yes. And, you know, I mean, he's never known anything else but that. Yeah, and, and that's, excuse me, that's why I'm starting to have more compassion for him as I'm starting to, realize those things more and more and just uh, having more compassion. Also, I'm having more compassion myself because I don't see enough. I don't see enough to even write down a goal anymore. I'm, more, I'm not whining here. I'm just telling you that what we need to do, what we need first of all, inspiration to lift us up above that. We need to see better, need to see more. So we need, we need the Lord to inspire us. Then when we're inspired, you do that a lot of times on Sunday morning. You'll say, oh, boy, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's what I need. That's <laughs> and unless you nail that down, as soon as you walk out the door, it starts to fade. And it disappears by the speed of light. That's why I used to when I was younger. I couldn't trust myself to leave church without going up shaking hands with the preacher. He, I, think, I know he got tired of me coming up there. I know he did, you know, but I did it anyway because it wasn't coming for him. It was coming for me. I need to nail these things down so they take root in my life and I live them, okay? And so we'll do better, okay? Uh, now, this Jesus is a genius here. Jesus don't even try to approach talking about what is there and what is wrong. Jesus said, pick up your mat. Okay. While I was trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And what is Jesus? Oh, I, I actually got this from, uh, from Barclay, number C. Jesus tell him to attempt the impossible. Attempt the impossible. And he does. <laughs> That's what he does. So he begins to tempt the impossible. So he gets up on his feet and he, <laughs> well, there's something new right there. Oh, man, now pick up. Oh, yeah, pick that bed up. Yeah. 
time point that they paint a colossal version of this translation which says Jesus put his hands on him and he immediately walked, right? I actually believe more in the spiritual force given to you so that you pick up your mat and walk. And I translate that too much into health. I'm a physician. So I see how people are letting themselves go. They're expecting a miracle and they don't do nothing for their own life. They are aware that they are supposed to read the Bible. Well, you got some amens going on up here. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure you hear them, okay? That's all. (laughs) No, no, good. No, no, no. You you was getting some amens over here. That's what I want to tell you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Amen. 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 Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. We got... Wow. You guys are so good tonight. I'm serious. You guys are so good tonight. Oh, that's great. And that's a problem today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, will you be? Yeah, your mama loves you. No, yeah, Daryl. Well, when I see that one get up, where my what I'm reading, it says arise, and I'm reminded when Jesus spoke the words to Lazarus, come forth. There's resurrection language. Well, we are going to have fun with that when we get there too. Uh, Amen. Speaking life to that broken body. Yes. Yes, amen, amen. And, and, and the rest of this uh, bears it out. Uh, and and the, the criticism I have of him is he doesn't realize where it's coming from. He has no realization. Uh, and we'll work on that. We're, we got, uh, we're only about halfway through this particular healing. Frank, was that you? Put, put your hand up. Put your... Yes, it was his choice, yeah, exactly. I think that we, we was getting an amen down here for that. But, uh, I think. That's why when I, when I read Barclay, and I keep giving him credit because that's where I got it from, uh, to, to put it in the concise, attempt the impossible. If, if, you, if you feel... Uh, the, the leadership of the Lord to attempt the impossible, you, know, you ought to begin. You ought to begin on it, okay? Oh, please. Sorry, I'm not helping you now. No. I have a question that I, I don't know yet. Do, do you think though, I mean, like, just in God's word, I think it has to be that we don't necessarily have to do anything in God performs a miracle Amen. Amen. And, and that, when you're doing that, you're, thank God that you have the eyes to see that God actually did a miracle. Thank God that you have those eyes. Yeah. You think? That, that's why in, in the book of Revelation, he wipes all the tears from their eyes. That's so they, you can see the new earth and the new day. Yeah, 
Just wipe those away so you can see them. Yeah. Okay, now I gave you n numbers to study. Now, people who study this Bible and read it, they, they, they look for these to be like allegories that everything fits. So the number five that I gave you to start with, the five porches, would stand for the five books of the Bible. Yeah, I, I thought, thought, okay, yeah. The 38 is the number of years that the nation Israel spent in the wilderness as punishment for saying no. 38 years. And so he has fulfilled all the punishment. But here's the law looming five books of the law looming there only to be able to tell him that he's crippled and that he's been wrong. That's all the law can do. Now here comes Jesus with the power to rectify and to make things different. Yes, exactly. He has the power to do that. And uh, this man is, if he picks up the mat, which he did, uh, will be able to get into the promised land. Amen? And the promised land for him is he gets to walk home carrying his own bed. The thing that carried him, now he will be carrying. He is off and running. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. There's her law, our handy dandy law. <laughs> And so the Jewish leaders said to the man, who had, who had been healed? It is a Sabbath day. The law forbids you to carry your mat. I'm sorry. I'm, I cannot. This is just too nuts. They all knew this guy. I mean, this is not like he's not a surprise to anybody. They all knew that he'd been like this for 38 years, and here he is carrying his mat, and all they got to do is complain about him breaking uh, the Sabbath law. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, sometimes there's just no hope for us. Huh? No, I'm telling you, we, we need help. But he replied, and this, this is where it really, to me, gets really weird. The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. And again, what is he doing? <laughs> who got that? That was good. He's blaming somebody else. Now he's blaming Jesus. Jesus is the culprit. And here's what's sillier than all the other stuff that I love. Hey, by the way, you're supposed to be like this with the text, okay? John's begging us to do this when he writes this, okay? God's begging us to do this when he writes this, okay? Just to, to see, because if we can laugh at him and how silly he is, then we may be able to see what? How silly we are. Yeah, and so uh, that's the idea. But here, here's a man who had been sick for 30, at least 38 years. An invalid, somebody comes along and cures him, and he doesn't know his name? Oh, that is the height of stupidity. I don't know how you could get and find your way home. I, I, I don't know what his name is. It's a good thing he doesn't at this point, okay? Because it's just be more trouble for Jesus. Pick up your mat and walk. You just, ah, anyway. I guess it's coming out. I don't like the guy very much. I'm, but I'm warming up to him. I'm working on it. I'm getting more compassion. I'm working on it, okay? But that there. When I had some heart trouble and I went to the doctor and he, and them guys that was on that team, I talked to them later afterwards and, his name was Tommy Joiner. 
<laughs> well, I mean, how would you not know that name if yet yeah, this guy looked in your heart? I don't even know what they look like that. I don't know. But, uh, and I always told the guys that, uh, that worked there, I'd, I'd see them while we were working out and that kind of thing. I said, you guys know more about me than my wife does. You look right into my heart. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, you somebody to help you to that degree and you wouldn't know their name? Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's go to the next one. All right. So they ask him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. <laughs> he hadn't had a good idea for at least 38 years, that's for sure. You know, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. This is another thing we, we, we lose sight of when it comes to Jesus. Jesus looked like everybody else. And, and once he got in the crowd, he was gone, if he wanted to be. We had several other places that he did that. Okay. Uh, just uh, simply, you know, that's why when it come to arresting Jesus, uh, they had to have somebody that would kiss him, called the kiss of death, you know, would kiss him, and so they would know which one Jesus was because it's the one Judas kissed. So there, you know, the man who was healed had no idea for Jesus slipped away to the ground. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, again, Jesus found him. Man, he's going way out of his way for this guy. Way out of his way. Go ahead. that I'm seeing as I serve in the emergency room on the current ages 30 and less that are completely oblivious to reality, have no spiritual connotation. They are deaf and blind, like this guy that you described there. So if, if he, I don't know, all those drug addicts that are out there that are injecting, they are like him, completely paralyzed, no hope, ignorant, you're touching our hearts. Yes. I, I think you're touching our hearts and and uh, helping me to more be more compassionate. I think you're right. No. Amen. Okay. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Let's go. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Now, we get some insight here from Jesus that evidently this is a sin that he's been chronic with. Does anybody want to guess what that sin is? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm going to guess at it. Blaming others. I'm just going to go with that for now, okay? So... Stop sinning, okay? The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So you went right back to doing the same thing. I'm sorry? You went right back to doing the same thing. And even worse, he's now going to make Jesus' life miserable. Because <laughs> these lousy son of a guns want to kill him. Yeah, he just fingered Jesus. And he finds out who it is that really helped him, and what does he do? Makes his life worse. By saying, well, there's a man there that did it. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Oh, okay. You're helping me be more compassionate. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to go with you on this, okay? Just doing that with the 
But you, 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 you tend to be more compassionate than us guys, and I, and I get that. I get that. Okay. Roberto, you want to say something? Yeah. There has to be a, a spiritual or theological reason for sickness, which Jesus compels to negate that with a blind man. Exactly. We got that ninth chapter. You're exactly the right. Attitude of the blind man, yeah. right? I mean, he even tried to convert the, the priest. That, that's why you can't apply this to every healing. Yes. You can't do that. Uh, but Jesus did here. Jesus did here. Okay, don't, don't lose sight of that either, okay? He did here. He said, if you continue to do this, something worse will happen to you. There is a series that is called The Chosen that has a particular chapter about this. I don't know if you all have seen it. The faith of it is still, since we have to be a little uh, imaginary to take some of the things that they say there. No. But I believe that there's a spiritual sickness in this 38-year-old male. Yes. That's what I, yes. What I yeah, and, and uh, again, uh, Roberto's moving toward the holistic look at the human being, which I agree with. Yeah, if you're you're not just sick one one place. In other words, I'm not just sick physically. No, 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 no. I'm also sick spiritually as well, and uh, and I nor can I be just be sick spiritually without. It's finding some kind of manifestation in the physical as well, and so it will it will it will do that. Okay, and I think Jesus indicates that here, at least in this case. Okay, as as Roberto mentioned too, and now in the ninth chapter, that that's erased completely any uh, tie that a uh, person is born blind because they have sinned or their parents have sinned, and we'll 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 cover that uh, really well when. When, when we get there, okay? Um, okay. Is that the end of our... Okay, that is the end. We finished two minutes early tonight. I want you to put that down to my credit so I can pick that up later. <laughs> no. All right. Are, are we good for this evening? Okay. I know we went through these uh, two healings pretty fast, okay? This one I thought was the most interesting here. I just, I just love this text for many reasons, uh, that that will help us along our way in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Um, the other one, of course, is he heals without any sense of distance involved, that, that the healing takes place instantaneous at the word of Jesus. Go ahead, Mike. The, the point that we haven't talked about here is Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Yes. He, I, I know, he just loves to do, he, you know, I, I'm, a, yeah, because it's almost like some places he just reach out and tweaks their nose. Here, take that. Really, it's so cool. But he helps us when he does that. Okay. Yeah, he helps us when he does that. Okay. And uh, remember, all the, all this writing of John, you know more than anybody else in it, I, he, he's, he, he writes in such a way that you, the reader, know more than anybody else there, okay? And that's a wonderful thing, it's, but it's a technique to draw us in and to get us to do exactly what we did tonight is, I don't like him, I like him, I don't like him, I like him. And then we, it's pretty soon we kind of figure out some things for ourselves and what we need to be doing. Go ahead, Heidi. Yes. Now, none of that seemed to be taking place here. No. Uh, but that was a social uh, problem. In other words, I, I can cleanse you, but you have some social issues that need to, that can be easily cleared up. Let's just clear those up so that you enter back into social life because nobody lives by themselves. You need that social community around you in order for life to really take place, okay? And so Jesus will do that for a person 
that he heals, they need to plug back into the social community and with their families and with their friends and neighbors and relatives and that kind of thing. They need to be able to plug back in. And so Jesus makes a way, uh, or there's a way in the law, they should follow the law and get plugged back in. Yeah. Okay. I'll go ahead, Frank. That is a topic we really should address sometime, and we will, okay? I know there'll be, uh, matter of fact, I will make a note of this as quickly as possible because we need to address that topic in terms of healing and our perception. She, she kind of bordered on that a little bit of, of how, but uh, yeah, it didn't. Amen. Now, now, I know it's good to have some rules. I'm not saying that. But when we're talking about having faith in Jesus, he did not go by rules. No. And, and when we look at our lives, sometimes we think, oh, well, this should happen this way, this way, this way. Not, that's not how he works. Right. It works by faith. And that's what he did. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. And that was really what I was uh, thinking when, when we began that that's why John uses the name Jesus so much. If he can get you looking at this person, uh, you'll learn to see God in him. Okay. Are we good? Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful word speaks to us. It is alive and it's living and it changes us. And Lord, uh, we may think we know something about it, and then the next time we read it, Lord, we know more. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that it is evident that we are growing, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.